Hello, everybody. Welcome to another weekly episode here at the YYC Real Estate Show. Very excited to welcome our guest this week, Evan Wells, a local, local real estate agent. We'll be excited to learn and get to know all about Evan in a moment. But of course, we will give you your weekly real estate update, what's been happening here in town. So things have been hovering the last two, three months around the 700 mark. But remember the last two weeks, yeah. those sales kind of dropped under 700. So that trend is still mm -hmm. happening. In the last seven days, there has been 683 sales in Calgary in the last week. Highest one was 2.68 million, and the second highest was 2.1 million. The lowest sales in the last week were 145,000 for an apartment in the Northeast off Edmonton Trail, and 148,000 in the Northwest in Bones. Now, how many active listings do we have? So we were talking how a balanced market in Calgary should have 3,500 to 4,000. And we've been in a seller's market for quite some time, as you both are well aware of. So we have currently 2,560 active listings today. Less than last week. Yeah, a little less than last week too. And pending sales right now are 736. So of course you all know interest rates are between five and 5.75. So those haven't gone up. So, but who knows till the end of the year, we might see another increase. So we can touch on that later if we want to. But um, yeah, so strong seller's market. Um, I was able to put a listing up, got some traction, and really depends on how you list your property. A lot of sellers still want yesterday's price. Mm -hmm. You know, they still want, oh, yeah. well, my neighbor sold eight months ago, so I want that price. So you have to educate them. Everyone has to understand your home is only worth what somebody's willing to pay for it today. So, you know, we have to do our jobs and make sure we educate our clients to price it accurately. So we'll touch on later some current events like we normally do, but um, I want to introduce one more time, Evan. So Evan Wells, local real estate agent, had the pleasure of working together alongside Evan for about a year's time. So really, really good real estate agent in town here. So I'm excited to get to know you more. So I want to ask you, Evan, uh, please start from the beginning, introduce yourself and uh, tell us, you know, where you grew up, what brought you here to YYC, how you've enjoyed your time. And okay. if there's something you could change, what would it be? Well, YYC? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, my name is Evan Wells. I was born in Calgary, Southeast Calgary. And I don't think I ever left Southeast Calgary until I was like 18 or 19 or something. Um, I had a lot of work experience from when I was 14. I was always in some sort of sales. And then I went on to, I wanted to be a cop like my whole life. So I went into a career path that I thought could support I, that a little I bit better. See you being yeah, a cop. yeah. So I went into the armored car business for a little over a year as well, transporting money back and forth across the city. Garda? Um, yep. Yeah, and then when I decided that maybe I didn't want to be a cop anymore, I left Carter to go into sales again. So I went to Henninger Toyota for like three months before COVID. And they have yeah. this crazy three month like sales training where they like don't even let like, you hit the floor for like three months. Wow. And I- <laughs> So you're training for three months? Yeah, I graduated the day before I got laid off because of COVID. They kept, cool. like, one, they kept like one sales guy on through that whole thing. So then I left that and I was on the serve money, just sitting at home doing nothing with my time. And I always thought I wanted to go into real estate, but I never had 
the time and the money to do it because I knew it would be quite a time commitment. Um, but then all of a sudden I found myself with both of those things, the time and the money. So at that time it was all online, even the tests. So I banged out that whole course over like three months, maybe two or three months. And that was it. I started my real estate career like right in the shutdown of COVID. So when was that? Do you remember when you officially got licensed? Uh, it would be like, well, it would have been like 2020, like late 2020, probably. So probably like three years almost. Just when everyone was warning you, oh, but it's COVID. Oh, yeah. And then next thing yeah. you know, yeah, they're like calling you two months yeah. later. You must be rich. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. So how was solid. your how was your experience as a brand new agent? Tell me about uh, your your first deals and did you reach out to your sphere like all of us agents yeah. do when we first get licensed? We reach out to our sphere first. Um, so talk to me about your if you remember your first few deals. Yeah, I mean, I when I joined, I didn't really have any. Nobody in my life was in real estate, so I had no idea what I was going to get into. Mm -hmm. um, I got licensed. I joined a brokerage, and then. The classic story when you join a brokerage in real estate, they kind of give you a, a handshake and a business card template and tell you to go sell some houses, yeah. right? So I didn't really have any idea what I was doing. The first listing I got was from a, uh, my first transaction I got was in Raymond by Lethbridge. Yeah. It was a $124,000 detached home in Raymond. So it was like- Dollar goes a long way in a small town. Exactly, but I was, so my very first listing right in the shutdown of COVID, I was like driving back and forth from like Raymond a few times for pictures and measurements. And How long is the drive? Two hours plus probably, oh, like two and a half hours-ish, yeah. But you take what you can get. Well, right? of course, I mean, <laughs> yeah. nature of the beast here, you know, yeah. like some clients you spend a weekend with, you get the same amount of money versus a client I've, I've spent, you know, two months showing. And I know. Just imagine the kilometers in yeah. time, right? Yeah, and that was interesting because that's a very very small town and it's a very old demographic there um so the house actually sat there on the market for like two plus months but it was built in like 1930 something or 1940 something and it was tiny it was like 700 square feet like it was a really old really original house and this sweet old lady owned it and yeah it sat for a lot longer than i ever would have thought like a hundred and something thousand dollar detached home could be so on the market for but Eventually it sold and that was my first sale. How did that feel? How was first the sale. negotiating? Do you, do you remember like, so list price was 120? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Well, just between like 120 and 160 or something. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Did you, what were some hurdles if you remember like, uh, you know, I we talked about, you know, our experiences before many times on the show here about some, uh, not nightmares, but kind of learning. Yeah. yeah. Learning by making mistakes, which is the best way to learn, make mistakes. Failure eventually leads to success. So, you know, I remember making mistakes and um, not knowing about the full process. Um, I, I knew about condo ownership, but I wasn't aware of the agricultural sector, oh, yeah. detached sector, things to look out for and worry about. So I would just learn the hard way. So do you remember your first few deals, like maybe learning, oh shoot, I didn't know about that and home inspections and like talking to your seller, sorry, talking to your buyer about the results of a home inspection? Yeah, I think luckily I didn't really have any mistakes that were too crucial. I like with every aspect of my business, I, I jump into it kind of head first. And I think that confidence like goes a long way mm -hmm. because if you're like willing to learn what to do, it doesn't matter if you're selling like acreages or million dollar houses or condos, whatever, it's like, 
you have to learn it eventually anyway. So mm-hmm. I kind of just dove into that with like very little guidance, like no no guidance from anybody directly. And then just started asking my broker kind of questions as it went along. And then also luckily I worked with a really great agent down there who at the end of it, she's, I, I got when the deal closed, I told her, I was like, that was my first deal. Yeah. And she's like, really? She's I like, broke your cherry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, and she's like, I couldn't, she's like, I would have had no idea. She's like, that's really, yeah. So it was good. Like, yeah, I think everything with that one went smoothly, but I mean, it was only three years ago, but it seems like a lot, a yeah. lot longer time ago. Well, so, flies. Mm-hmm. Cheers to many more. That's yeah, absolutely. great that uh, your first one, they didn't know it was your first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it went uh, it went very well, and I'm lucky, I think, because I hear, like you said, nightmare stories all the time. Yeah. I've only had a couple clients, maybe, that have put me through the ringer a little bit, but nothing nothing too, too bad yet. You know, it's, it's kind of weird that when you're doing, you know, like, your, your first deals in real estate, you think, no, I cannot let them know that I'm a new agent. There's no way, for some reason, you feel like you're going to lose, like, negotiation, like, like any chance yeah. of leverage yeah right you, you feel like you're gonna lose credibility exactly that's right? that so, but they you know when you work with uh, on a team for example you know i tell a lot of new agents on our team like you don't no one needs to know you're yeah. part of the successful yeah. teams no that's very true i think that like i said before the the confidence goes a long way and when you're a new agent yeah you think especially at listing appointments mm-hmm. or working with buyers whatever you're like really good agents don't make any more money per sale than yeah. a brand new agent does, right? Because right? we kind of work off of like that you know, standard, I'm not supposed to say that, but like standard kind of commission structure. So you're like, why would they pick me over somebody who's been in this business for 20 years who's gonna get paid the same amount, right? Yeah. But it's all just about creating the relationship and, and the trust is the biggest thing, right? Because as we know, some of the worst people to work with in this industry are people who've been in there for like 20 years. Yeah, they right? have that attitude, yeah. right? Yeah. It's frustrating at times, right? But and as long as we continue to conduct ourselves the same way, whether it's a small deal, a big deal, like conduct yourself in the same way, yep. this is a marathon. This is a long, long-term play, right? We're exactly. Not, yeah. We're not, I'm, you know, we're not in it to do, have a great year and then take that money and walk away. Like, I want to be selling houses, you know, with a cane, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah and you only yeah. get there by creating the trust and the yeah. referrals and consistent business, right? So, what do you, uh, what do you like to do? Person like personally like hobbies. What do you like to do outside of real estate and working in real estate here? Yeah, I uh, like to climb. No seven. Nice. We talked yeah. about this a little bit, but yeah, I like to like boulder and things like that. Nice. I finished a softball season this summer, so I think. Oh, how did it go? Ball. Beer league. It's okay. Yeah, beer league. Yeah. Those are the best, best leagues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because my girlfriend plays like beer league volleyball and things like that and then she comes to one of those softball games where we're like actually drinking like actually having fun right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. some of those other sports are like too involved too intense to actually yeah like, like too yeah. competitive but softball is so funny because there's guys out there like standing on base with a beer in their hand slow pitch yeah exactly slow pitch right this one guy he's like 40 plus years old like walks out to the pitcher's place like a cigarette hanging out of his mouth beer in the other <laughs> no <way. he's> pitching. <laughs> I was like yeah we're pretty chill here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what was your what was your team name I don't know if I should say it on the podcast. <laughs> say it. <laughs> it was the bareback dingers. <laughs> bareback dingers. <laughs> oh, those are almost yeah. uh, those are always the funniest names. All like yeah. um, sports and social club. All the names for like uh, beer leagues and stuff. I know. It's just always like such a joke, and it's like yeah, it's fun. So yeah, as far as hobbies go, I don't know. I feel like I switch around a lot. You know, yeah. Try to do lots of things. That's awesome. Yeah.
So we're here, uh, our first episode here, supporting my friend Sean and his great new business here, Cax Bar and Podcast. It's actually the very first in Canada uh, bar podcast combination business license. So that's really exciting. And um, my co-hosts, Zach and Sebastian, actually met them while I was away in the Dominican. And when I came back, they're like, you have to meet them and set something up. I walk in and he looks at me, I look at him, I'm like, oh yeah high school so like we went way back and instead of even talking about his business and everything we spent like 20-30 minutes just reminiscing and talking about people and names that you've totally in your subconscious forgot about and uh, it's just so crazy when you run into someone after so many years like almost 20 years I would say right yeah Um, how many memories come back to you like this oh yeah yeah so many things you forgot Yeah. yeah Yeah, so shout, shout out to Sean and his business partner, Cass, for having us here. So it's a yeah. great, great venue here. Really it's like located it. here on 10th and uh, Center? McLeod Trail and 10th Ave, Cloud Southeast, yeah. yeah. So down the street from like Kraft and Greta and close to Cowboys. So right in, right in yeah, the middle. Nice so Nice spot. Yeah, that's very cool. So if you haven't been, I encourage everyone to come check it out here. As long as you yeah. run into a friend that you knew 20 years ago and you have a podcast and he runs a podcast bar. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he, yeah, he invited so us to be be a guest for the first time we were a guest okay. here on his on his show. And then uh, now we're just, you know, trying to do episodes here and in our studio as well. So nice. it'll be it'll be interesting going forward. I'm really excited about it. So we'll change the pace. Yeah, sure, exactly. you, you personally, do you like being a guest more or like being the host? I always wanted to be a host, so yeah. I do. I do. Uh, I do like being a host for sure. Yeah. But being a guest, that was the first time ever, and it was a little change of pace. Yeah, definitely. cool change of pace. Yeah, but uh, but I do like being being a host for sure. Yeah. Pretty good at it. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's all learning. Everything's learning. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, I'm sure all of us hear this when we're dealing with new clients and buyers. They're always saying, well, what's going to happen to the market? No one can predict tomorrow. So it's hard for us to talk about the market. But the real big elephant in our real estate industry right now is mortgages. Everyone coming up for their renewals. What's going to happen? So Kreb did release a a little little article that I posted and stuff. So it was like how to try to navigate the um, mortgage meltdown is what they're calling it. Um, so they gave five tips so I'll just quickly tell everyone out there so number one know your property types impact so different property types come with different lending rules not everybody knows that right Right. so so make sure it's different when you're buying a condo a townhouse a detached an acreage so that will affect your mortgage your mortgage rate your mortgage approval process Mm -hmm. so know your property types impact okay uncover unique property features Sometimes it can help you. Sometimes a mortgage and a lender might not like the uniqueness of a property. It might okay. be hard for them to sell. They they only care about risk, right? They're lending their money to you, so they want to make sure their their risk is low. So and stick to your pre-approval range. If you go over it, you have to come up with that in cash. So get your pre-approval. It's good for 60 days. Some lenders will give it to you for 90 days, um, and just stick within those means, right? A lot of times my buyers. It's up to them, but a lot of times they don't even go. They get a five hundred thousand pre-approval, but they'll buy something four eighty, four seventy-five, yeah. right? Yeah, Actually, I believe, power. And I believe some lenders go up to I think it was one hundred and twelve or one hundred and eighteen days, like TD Bank. Some, yeah, right? they all vary. Yeah, so it's really case by case. So just go get a pre-approval from your lender, your bank, and uh, take the necessary steps. Um, 
understand all the conditions to finance. So even with the pre-approval, allow a realistic timeline to remove that financial condition. So talk to us, your agent, and we kind of guide everyone anyways. And we, I actually always like to create a relationship with my client's mortgage broker. So I'm going to have to receive a waiver from them anyways. They're going to have to request documents from me. So I get on the phone, introduce myself, and how much time do you need? I'm about to put an offer in versus the other way where we put an offer in. I put five business days and he's like, I need seven or I only need three, right? Yeah, exactly. So, and then the biggest one here, a little tip is uh, approach approach unconditional offers wisely. You know, just because yeah. you're pre-approved and you know you're in a good financial situation, know the impact and risk of uh, basically, essentially, it's just your deposit that can be up for risk. Yeah. Right. So be very careful. Make sure you're 110% okay if you're going to go in unconditional. Yeah, so. and, and when it comes to risk with that too, if you have a long possession period and then you decide to back out, it's not only the deposit that's at risk, it, you could, you're could you at, a, it's possible you could get sued as well. Yeah, breach your contract. Yeah, yeah, if the market changes, they could say, I lost this much money. And so, so just keep that in mind, be safe, work well with your mortgage broker. And uh, yeah. Yeah, we had a huge problem with that. Um, I mean, even now, but, um, I remember like winter of last year when things were pretty crazy i'd like show up to show up to showings and it would be like eight o'clock at night winter minus 30 and there would be a lineup of like 20 agents outside houses wow. to see them and um we had a huge problem with people submitting unconditional offers with really long deposit dates and oh, like were, and time for them that. to yeah, give they, the deposit. Exactly. And they were using that essentially as a condition date. So for the first like couple of months of that, before anybody was kind of like, before it came, became kind of a reoccurring thing, that would happen. People would put in this incredible offer, unconditional offer with like a seven or 10 day deposit thing with some excuse like all, oh, you know, buyers out of town, whatever. And then they would use that for financing. And yeah. then if they couldn't get the financing, they would just never submit the deposit. Right, and that, that became a huge problem. So then we yeah. obviously started to tighten up what deposits because usually that should only take a couple of days. What happens in that case? In that case, like, are they still supposed to give the deposit? Like, or since they didn't give the deposit, the contract wasn't really completed? It's only it whatever's written in the contract for when they have to submit it. Now, if they lapse or don't give it by that time, the contract's dead. Oh, okay. Right? Completely oh, okay. dead. They have to do a new contract. Which oh, isn't, yeah, which isn't like a huge, huge deal. Um, except for when you're in that, like as a seller, when you're in that yeah. meeting offer scenario and then you have all this attention and all these people seeing it, you have this incredible offer and they just ghost you when it comes to giving the deposit, right? Because then you're starting back at square one, which is yeah. kind of annoying. Yeah, right? for sure. Yeah. So surprisingly enough, I was, you know, reading, you know, current events. We talk about some current events, YYC, Alberta for that matter. So it's good news for us all. But, you know, the Alberta government says it's on track for a 2.4 billion surplus by the end of yeah. the fiscal year. Despite that. the lower oil prices, wildfires that have been happening, it's really good. Which is why, no surprise, there's so much record-breaking migration here. Yes. Yeah. That's what's affecting our business. Majority of our deals are Ontario, BC. Yeah. And that's, that's the reason, right? So I saw a clip the other day of uh, somebody posted on social media here in Calgary, downtown apartment building, that the third wave of at least a dozen people for a rental apartment, right? So any of my investors out there, you know, if you're interested in getting in the market, don't let the high interest rates scare you. Like 
rental market here is really insane. So shout out to Mr. Airbnb, who I met the other day at a seminar, he put a seminar on. So I do Airbnbs and uh, that I think is gonna skyrocket as well. Yeah, Due to this, people coming here, looking to get settled here, but they need a temporary accommodation. They'll book two months, they'll book a month. So I think that for anyone considering it, reach out to us uh, or me or whoever on our show here and we'll walk you through it. You know, yeah. I, I'm, I speak firsthand from being an Airbnb host. Uh, it's it's the way of the future. I gave up long-term being a landlord, long-term lease a long time ago. I swore off that I would never be a landlord again yeah. until I stayed at an Airbnb about four or five years ago. And I was like, what the heck is this? And I came back into town here and I bought, I bought a couple of townhouses that I Airbnb uh, apartment and then uh, property in the Dominican, which is going to be solely Airbnb as well. That's incredible. You know what's crazy? When I was looking at uh, to rent a property a few months ago, we were like, and the market was crazy. You couldn't really, and then I, I did the same thing. I went to go see a property. There's 20 other people looking at it. Yeah. And then the next one, it was 10 other people. It was still a lot of people for one showing, right? And it was just getting so difficult that we were like, oh, we just need more time. So we even looked at Airbnbs to rent one for a few months, and yeah. it wasn't unreasonable. Really? Which is nuts, right? Because yeah. you think the daily rate of an Airbnb is way more than a rent, right? But when you get like a month or two months or three months, you get enough of a discount where it's not too unreasonable. Yeah, so, you Which, know, yeah. It, it's up to each um, host. It's up to you completely. Yeah. They'll Airbnb, the algorithm, the AI of Airbnb will recommend what discount you should give. So there's a nightly rate all properties have that I have as well. But then you you offer like a 10% discount for three or more days, 15% for 10 or more days, up to like 25, 30% for a monthly yep. or more, right? So like you can have those savings and it sometimes will be less than you locking into a lease. Yeah. You don't have to give a damage deposit, right. yeah, all that stuff. True. You just kind of, you know, this is the rate, pay for it. You're in for a week, you're in for a month. So yeah, yeah. I'm finding a lot of like two month, three month bookings that I'm getting. So. Like if I look at my calendar, um, especially in the last six months, it's almost like fully, fully occupied. And wow. I'm talking to other who I met through this seminar. I went to others, other Airbnb um, owners and hosts. They're all experiencing the same thing. They're like, but it's no different. It is the rental market. It is. So yeah. when the rental market's so insane here, they can't build houses fast enough. The migration here is insane, and uh, that all triggers down and trickles down to the rental. Market, yeah. so and yeah, you're targeting a whole different audience of you're targeting the same people and you're targeting different people because obviously Airbnb started as like the vacation home type thing, yeah, like, like alternative to hotels, yeah. But now with the longer term stuff, you're targeting people that are like relocating for work yeah. and like need just yeah need like that two or three months to like find a home, yeah, or something like people that. So working it is really not. yeah. So it is really interesting how Airbnb is coming that way, right? Like it, it's it's nice because people have another option now instead of like before it would have been a hotel. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So that's nice. Yeah. How's uh how's things? How's your experience? You you live here in downtown YYC. Yeah. Um this is probably stone's throw from your place. You probably yeah. jogged over. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, Not quite. So what what do you if there's something you could change mm-hmm. about here right. in town, I ask a lot of our guests this and I you, you get varied responses. But if you could change something, like what would you change here? What don't you like? You know, I don't know. Like, I, I grew up in suburban neighborhoods, like mm-hmm. Chaparral, I grew up in the southeast, yeah. and then I moved around, like, Copperfield and Legacy and all those types of places. I moved downtown just on a, a year lease, just kind of out of 
opportunity and it's an entirely different experience that's for sure i growing up in the suburban areas i know like i never really thought i lived downtown because it's so different like they're just like the people and that kind of stuff i was surprised when i moved here how like similar it is in a way right like even with like the increase in you know certain types of people walking around right like you know, the, the risk aspect the yeah. risk right um it's not as much as the I, addicts you know, yeah it's not we as talk about as it I, it's out there exactly yeah. yeah it's not as much as i thought and then my building especially is like off of downtown just like the slightest bit so it's a little bit quieter so i think that that's like a a good balance but i don't know what i would change like that's that's a really that's a really tough question what i what we hear a lot is public transportation yeah, we need to be like a Toronto Vancouver. We need to have like better and more like uh, frequent train. And I know yeah. they are they are tearing down Eau Claire Market to have a train station. The there, Green right? Line, right? Yeah. Yes. So so that's happening. It's going to be happening for yeah. over the next three years. Um, so uh, people say that, and then um, you know that actually surprises me because I, I had a I had a buddy that was trying to rent or lease uh, a commercial spot. And then I heard that they were only leasing for like six, eight months. And I was like, they're definitely going to tear that thing down. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was going to be a big old apartment building. No, no. That's, that was my guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But train station? Excellent. Yeah. 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 Yes, I don't know what I would, I don't know what I would change exactly. I like Calgary a lot. Like I've lived here my too, whole yeah. life and I never, like as a kid, you know, you always think they'll never stay. Yeah. But then when you start to travel and see other cities, like Calgary, yeah, up until this last year, if you Googled the cleanest city in the world, it was Calgary, Alberta. Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah, one yeah. Of so our, one of our clips talks about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Like, right? Once, once upon a time, we were number one. Yeah. I think currently we're like third, third or fourth. I think, yeah. I think we ranked seven last time we checked. Yeah. And, and the thing is, I saw on Instagram that said that Calgary was the number one most drivable city. In I posted Alberta. that. I saw that. Yeah, I yeah. posted that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was actually on Urba. And I shared it and tagged her, but they, they shared that Cam, Calgary right now is number one. Number two is Dubai. Yeah. So yeah. Number one. And then so like many people hit my DMs. They're like, oh, I call bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Traffic <laughs> all the time. People cut me off. But, yeah. but if you go to like a Vancouver or a Toronto or Los Angeles, New York, like those other major city centers, which obviously are a lot bigger than Calgary. Yeah. yeah. But like you notice things like garbage and yeah. traffic and like just the overall and like even like road quality like calgary when you grow up here you're like you see that stat and you're like yeah right you know yeah. like clean city in the world yeah right yeah, yeah. but then when you go other places you really do realize oh yeah we are clean yeah, yeah. you walk yeah. through new york or los angeles and there's garbage everywhere well look this is part of downtown yeah and we're looking outside yeah i don't see a single piece of garbage mm -hmm. not a gum wrapper nothing i don't not a exactly. beer bottle yeah, and that's why Calgary is among the cities that people travel from around the world yeah. to live in. It's such a strange... Well, it's such a great thing. location. I mean, you I don't think, know what to do. I honestly think Calgary, even though with all the migration, it's still a hidden gem of Canada. Because yeah. when people hear, when I, when I go to Mexico and I talk to people about Canada, they're like, oh yeah, I've been to Vancouver, Toronto, yeah. Vancouver, <laughs> Quebec. Yeah. That's all I I've been to yeah, Toronto, yeah. right? But no, no, not many people say Calgary. Right, so I do think it's still a hidden gem as far as like international goes. I think so too. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, one thing I want us to change and, and we are doing some construction and I hope it goes well, um, event center. So we're losing all of our big, big artists and concerts and stuff yeah. to Edmonton. So there's one thing, uh, there's one thing we should um, 
think about and if I could change, I'd be like, yeah, I want us to have a, a better venue for events and have better artists show up here. Because a lot of my friends, myself included, if there's somebody I want to see or a big event to show, a fight, something like that, you got to drive to Edmonton to go see yeah. it. You're not yeah. coming here, right? So, And then I do hope the Flames finally um, change the Saddle Dome or renovate it or change. So that'll help out a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. Are they going forward with that project? We talked about it on one of the shows and at they that should. time they said they got the green light finally, but that's the yeah, third yeah. time they said they got I the green light. I know. Yeah, it always seems to start and stop. Yeah. yeah. It was the same with the Keystone pipeline too, yeah. right? Start, stop, start, stop. Yeah. So who knows what happens in the background. When uh when you go to uh you go you, the lake you like going to is Kukanusa, right? Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. I went there I went there early August and the amount of like land development that's happening. Yeah, I know. What did you feel about that? Were you I, in Kukanusa Village? I was close to uh Cram or was it Cram Cranbrook? <laughs> Cranbrook, right? I think so. I was close to there. I, maybe I wasn't Kukanusa Yeah, Village. yeah. I mean, that was my first time there, but you this guy's a gangster. You went to Cranbrook. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I went to uh, and then and then you see all this development and all these like sold signs, sold signs, sold signs. I know, sign, dude. I like, yeah, oh, this so it's like a good opportunity. Like, you could use a village. Like there's a lot. Of, there's RV parks around there. Yeah, which is what my girlfriend's family owns, and they're like one of them is like more kind of like camping, but you say that very lightly because it's RV lots that have like full service water and like sewage and all that stuff's all taken care of. And the beaches there are like incredible. Like I'm sure yeah. you saw like there's like white sand beaches at Kukanusa, which is Crazy. just insane. It's, and the water's so clean because that lake drains and fills every year because it's yeah. the dams in the States and they yeah. like lift it in the summer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then Kukanusa Village pops up and there's these developers there that are putting up like five million dollar lake houses wow. like things that you see usually like on like the okanagan i think Florida, yeah like just these massive like modern houses and there's like popping up on the kukunusa kukunusa village but it's so far away from anything like you, you're probably like you're probably at 45 minutes to an hour of like fernie but it's middle of nowhere and people are buying these four million dollar houses that's great i'm like how do i get involved in that yeah. if i yes. get involved in that market I'm gone. Yeah, I'm gone. For sure, because one of those deals is like us doing a dozen deals. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And then you could be sitting there on your quarter million dollar surfboat. Yeah. Yeah. Selling like, you know, you're working at the same time. You don't even need a car, right? You get a little ski drive. You drive to the house on the boat, right? Yeah, right? That's a great idea. You're showing from the boat. Yeah. Sure. And it's great, because Kukanusa, I went to one of those, one of those trailer, where they have all the trailer homes, right? And it's not what you would think. It's not like, it's not what you would regularly imagine when we watch like Trailer Park Boys, something like that. No, it's not no. like that. It, it's it's on a hillside, the one that I yep. went to, and and every single trailer has a lake view and it's a I know. gorgeous thing. Is is that the same tra- trailer place that I don't has know like if it's a, the I don't they had an issue with the waterfront where they had to fight for that by any chance? But that's that's I don't know. Okay, I'm not sure. That was there. That was there the same weekend you were there. There's a few different parks yeah. around there. Um, but yeah, it, like it really is amazing out there yeah. and I think there will be a lot more development out there in the future so yeah when I see lake houses I think I think Canadian dream that's what I that's what I think I'm like I'm like yeah. this is like this is something that people don't realize like that's just so amazing about Canada I know the amount of like freshwater lakes that yeah. are just they're really warm I know in the summer they're yeah. super warm like, they get up to like 19 degrees Celsius out there and it's a yeah. massive massive lake so it's like you're jumping into like bath water it's beautiful that's sweet I did you guys hear about the cave in Cochrane? What? No. The cave? The cave. Yeah, I got to go check it out. 
because um, I have my memberships solely for the reason that, it, that my facility where I have my membership has a cold tub. So I do oh, the right. steam room cold yeah, tub. Yeah. But it, you know, they don't maintain it good enough. That's why I won't say the name of the place. Right. Um, but there's a facility in Cochrane where you pay 80 bucks and you go for two hours and you go through different rooms with different aromas and different temperatures. So you kind of do the steam cold yeah. back and forth, but you go through different rooms. So it's like a two hour journey yeah. for your skin. So I'm going to go check it out. It's yeah. pretty cool. Um, so this is in, in Cochrane. In Cochrane. Cochrane. It's, called, yeah. it's called the cave. Oh, that's interesting because yeah. I've heard of places like that in like Kananaskis, yeah. like the Nordic, like Nordic spot, yeah. right? And then in other places in BC, I don't know we had anything like that. This we should buy. The three of us should go do it and do an episode <laughs> there, bro. Yeah. Upper host spa yeah. trip. Are these steam friendly <laughs> mics we got? Yeah. That'll be fine. That's <laughs> probably fine. <laughs> that reminds me of like this funny, uh, that funny Friends episode where Chandler goes in his steam room and can't see anything and like sits in his father-in-law's lap. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> so your your future in-laws own uh, that campground out there. They do, yeah. They own nice. two of them out there, and then um, they're pretty incredible people. Like they own. Tyler, like, not now, man. Get yeah, I know. Yeah, they so they started. <laughs> Lexi, <this>. yeah. <laughs> She'll love that you shout it out on here. Um, yeah, shout out to Lexi. Exactly. Evans, Evans, uh, better half. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they started like from nothing essentially, and they bought this one, Sandy Shores in in Kukanusa, or sorry, Madeira in Kukanusa, and they built Sandy Shores as well. And Madeira is like the park model one, so people mm -hmm. buy these like modular homes there. They're like two hundred thousand dollars or something like that, and then you pay obviously a certain amount for the lot. And there's like gorgeous like they can only be a certain square footage when they build these massive decks around them and so all of a sudden you just have like like nice string lights and stuff like it, it's really really beautiful kind of like cabin in the woods feeling yeah um and then yes cabin in the woods isn't that a yeah. horror movie well no not that not the horror movie <laughs> reference obviously but like you know just the, the feeling of yeah the, the nice feeling. cabin yeah. in the woods yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, and then uh sandy's like kind of the, like i said like kind of the more camping style yeah and then they like replicated that a couple more times in a couple of different projects and wow. actually talking with um like Lexi's grandfather the owner about maybe doing something at one of their projects here in Alberta for another like titled land mm -hmm. campground campground where they built these modular homes yeah um where there could be some lots there to kind of like get involved in and kind of expand you know, the business that way which should be kind of cool you know I was talking to one of my uh one of my clients about that uh, we were talking about the housing crisis and how we can't keep up to the demand of how many homes we need to build here. Yeah. Um, so we were talking about that and how other nations around the world are really streamlining and kind of like um, assembly line building these really small kind of built homes. Yeah. Really small, right? Like A-frame or... Um, so I'm just wondering if that maybe they'll make like a little village and in two months if they have them already made it's like well here's here's a thousand yeah. houses right yeah i mean like I'll, I'll have more to say about it obviously like, it's very very early stages now but i'll have more to say about it kind of when things start falling into place yeah um but it could be a very real solution to a housing problem right. because even at 900 square feet these houses like you can do like a one bedroom or a two bedroom yeah. with like a kitchen slash like kitchen and slash flex area like kitchen slash living room yep. and it's a pretty decent living space like it's not like tiny home where yeah have, like where you have everything that's like serves multiple purposes and stuff it's still like a, a yeah. still like an apartment basically well you right? go to europe and they're like 
two three people are in such a small place yeah. that here us we're so spoiled here like we yeah. think wow you know it's so go. crammed here and it's like only 1500 square their, feet. yeah their whole their <laughs> yeah. whole mentality is like you're just there to sleep pretty much you're just there to make your food quickly eat and then their whole society is all outside and walking right. and yeah. all this right yeah whereas here it's like the average household has three to four cars yeah and uh yeah my wife jokes when she came here jokes about all the time she's like this is the only place where you have to go somewhere to go for a walk. It's Pretty like much. We got to like get in our car and go yeah. drive, get into a parking lot. And then we can go for a nice walk. Whereas over there, you just open your door and everyone's just out and about. That's very true. Yeah. Living downtown, I think is a little bit different here because like that, you get I, that start, I start to see more of that. Yeah. Right? Or like, even if I wanted to go over to the river or something yeah. like that, like it's a, you know, 10 minute walk. Yeah. But living in suburban areas, especially like that, yeah. that's just the case where it's like, like you, you go for a walk on your front street you got to walk for like 30 40 minutes before there's anything before you hit a park yeah, yeah exactly right or you're just like saying hi or avoiding your neighbors yeah, right? yeah, yeah exactly. you like a few yeah. and you want yeah. Right? Yeah. you have that awkwardness yeah exactly so that's very true yeah. maybe that's what i changed about calgary the walkability so you know they're they are changing and creating some new communities and keeping that in mind and a lot of new communities, they're integrating a dog park, an off-leash, a spray park. Yes. Yeah. Kind of like making sure that they have a walkable area and things like that. Yeah. And another cool thing, we talked about it before, was that builders are now bringing back the front porch, which is cool too. I like that. It was really prominent in, you know, like the 50s, 60s, 70s. But then you saw 80s, 90s, 2000s, all those homes do not have a front porch at all. It's like yeah. a couple steps, if that, just open the door. But now if you see a lot of these new builds, mm -hmm. you're going to now notice that they have a big front porch. So yeah. it's a really nice thing. And, you know, it forces you to be there, say hi to your neighbors and that kind of stuff. I just think it's a it's a nice touch. Yeah, I really like the kind of new stuff, newer style of like the townhomes and the duplexes in some of the newer communities. Yeah. Because they're doing that with the rear garage because with a front garage, I think you lose a lot of the ability. Yeah. That's, like everybody wants a front garage and a detached home because it's like, that's a detached home. Right. You know? But I personally would take a back garage like any day because you're not going to be able to walk. Like you might not be able to walk out of your, like walk out of your you know kitchen yeah. or whatever into your garage, but you have like so much more sunlight yeah. because like you lose all of your main floor sunlight, like, front it's, exposure to that's the garage. It's a better ambiance. It's a it better is. Like, yeah. And yeah. punctuate it. Yeah. Curve appeal. Appeal. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you can have the porch and you can have kind of like yeah. the, the garden and things like that and there's not like just this big yeah. panel. That, 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 and, and carriage suites you guys what about carriage suites yeah. you know yeah. having the detached home yeah. allows you the opportunity to have a an airbnb gem i know yeah carriage suite and what noise are you going to have from a carriage suite they're going to hear a garage door opening and closing that's really it you're never going to hear them i have a friend that desperately wants to buy a, a house yeah and oh, what is this this is a, this, what is this? Old fashioned. Old fashioned. Because that's what okay. I heard. Yeah. Thanks, Adonis. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. We'll refresh here. Nice. Pass it. That's the benefit of the phone. Whose phone's ringing? No, not mine. You too? Cheers. Oh, I Cheers. bet you it's probably, you. My, uh, probably my iPad. Oh. But right. yeah, I have a friend that desperately wants to buy a house to rent out the house yeah. and then live in the care suite above the garage. Because like, what more do you need, really? I uh, I have a client. I'll tell you about it in a second here. It's funny you say that. Mm. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> <right> <laughs> <Yeah. day. laughs> 
I'll make I'll what make men out of you too. What time yet. is it? <laughs> yeah. Here's his three fifteen. What kind of realtor are you, man? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wake up with the Bashada Baileys in my coffee. You start drinking earlier and earlier every year. Eh? <laughs> hey, it's been great. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, so touching on that, like I've had uh, I've had numerous clients, but one really stands out as soon as you say that because you know he's a carpenter. He's my carpenter. He does all my work, any work that I need for myself personally or who I would refer to any clients. And so he's somebody I was on his case for years till I finally forced his ass to, to buy a place. I'm like, dude, you're the guy that should be buying a shitty place, a foreclosure, because you're the guy that can slowly on your off time, right. slowly fix it up. Yeah. And I finally convinced him to do it. And he bought a really nice place. And everyone's going to lose their mind when I say this. This was five years ago. He bought a detached place in a ranch lands with a double garage really? for two hundred and thirty-five thousand. Oh, wow! Yeah, that's insane. And I phoned and him. I phoned him last year. I phoned him this year. I was yeah. like, you want four hundred? You want four twenty-five? No, I'm happy. And I thought he was just gonna, you know, keep it from you know keep it for himself, renovate it. So what he did is he he slowly first he fixed up the garage. I didn't even recognize the garage when I got there the second time. That's he awesome. built all this shelving and had space for two skidoos and a couple motorcycles and his truck. Oh yeah. And then he he lived in the basement, walkout suited, illegal suited basement, and he renovated upstairs. And uh, then he moved upstairs, renovated downstairs. Right. And no one was in there. And then next thing you know, he um, he stopped parking his truck. He sold a couple of his toys, and then he rented the garage monthly to an electrician. Oh, nice. And then he lived in the basement and got everything A to Z covered by renting upstairs. So oh, he right. lives for free, fully. And uh, so uh, he's like, no, like, why would I sell? He's like, this is great. Because he's like, I'm going to sell for 425 then I got to buy for 425 Yeah. Or wow. more. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, now, yeah, like, realistically, now you can call him up and ask him if he wants 560 for it. You probably Walmart, you want 560? Yeah, <laughs> you want 560? Put us on that. <laughs> but, yeah, why would you do it, though? Like you said, right? Like it's, yeah. it's Well, we, we started doing the math. Like, when I was on his case, we literally did the math. He put $110,000 into his landlord's pocket and put that equity into his landlord's pocket wow. by renting a place. Um, so he did the math. He's like, I, out of my own pocket, paid $110,000 that I'll never, ever see a penny of that back. Yeah. Right? I wouldn't want to do that so, for myself. Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> yeah. You got to own, for sure. You know, don't wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. Yeah. Right? No matter what the market's doing, because someone's like, well, if I buy, the market's going to crash. So, well, it only affects you if you're planning to sell next year or in two years when the market, if, if it does, I know. it only affects yeah. you if you're selling in that market. Even right? when, like, uh, apart from always, like, the massive, massive crashes, even when you're talking about, like, the Calgary real estate market crashing, it's like, when you look at it on a graph, it's like this tiny little blip. Yeah, yeah. It has yeah. to crash. Right? And then it goes up again. I always tell people that it's like, if you are a short-term investor, you need to be very focused on what does five years look like, what does two years look like, yeah. right? Ten years, maybe even, right? But if you are someone who's buying a house for your family or for yourself, like for 10, 15, 20 years, it's it's like historically, it's very, very unlikely that you yeah. could ever go wrong with that decision. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something that's tough, I think, to get to uh, 
some people's minds, especially of a certain age. I mean, right? like even, I have a lot of friends' dads yeah. who are saying, "Oh, don't buy you know this year because the market's gonna crash next year." Dude, the classic like, dads come. I know, and I'm like, I've yeah. been I've been hearing that now for you know only like three years as long as I've been in real estate, and I'm like, every year it's only gotten way worse <laughs> for that, right? Yeah. So this friend that I'm dealing with now wants to buy a condo, and his dad is saying, "Don't buy a condo now because the market's gonna crash." And I'm telling him, I'm like, for the first time in a very, very long time in Calgary's history, we're starting to see the housing demand trickle into condos. Yeah. It was like condos were stagnant for so 15 long. years. We were talking about that. We yeah. looked at the, the sales. Yeah, I know. And condos and townhouses were like almost on par with detached. You can find, yeah, you lot. can find people who bought condos downtown and high rises and stuff like that in like 2005 for like $300,000. Yeah. And now they're worth like, because it's starting to go up a little bit, they're worth like 315. Yeah. Like it's wild in Calgary to see something not produce any sort of return or produce like even at a loss for that long. Yeah. So I'm telling my friend now, I'm like, you could very well be at like the start of an insane condo boom in Calgary, yeah. where like if you don't get into it now, next year it's going to, like there's just more and more people being pushed out of the townhouse yeah, market yeah. into the condo market. Next year it's only going to get way, way worse. And we talked about it with that clip. There's waves of a dozen people trying to rent it off of you. So yeah, yeah, exactly. You're going to make positive cash flow. Yep. Yeah. You can Airbnb it and reach out to us. Like I have a list of the buildings in, in Calgary that allow Airbnb. The list changes all the time. It used yeah, to be like fast. 13, 14. Now yeah. there's like six, seven that allow what do you, it. What do you say to the people who might be interested in doing that who are worried about the risk of buying a condo and then like a year later them saying Airbnb is not allowed. Yeah, so you, you have to remind them that you might have to make a shift and you might have to um, unfortunately do a long-term lease, which will still rent and still pay. Oh yeah. But unfortunately with condos, yes, you are 100% susceptible to the rules that the management company dictates, yeah, right? that's always the problem. So for me, when I invest in uh, Airbnbs, that's why I like the the best of both worlds i don't want the exterior maintenance and have to go cut grass and shovel snow at a detached house or an attached house right yeah. in my airbnb i like to pay that 170 150 a month for for that and i buy a townhouse they allow it right you know it's in between a condo and a house so it's been working really well for me in that regard yeah um because um, if i'm out of town i'm away i don't really have to go there door code self-check-in self-checkout so i do like the townhouse aspect and if someone asks me the risks of a condo, I just let them know that uh, it is definitely something to consider and it is definitely a risk because the bylaws can change at any time. Yeah. Um, they, they can change their rules and then unfortunately that's what you have to abide by, right? Mm -hmm. So now you have to be careful and read um, what they say in their bylaws too because what do they say for short term? Do they say 30 days is short term? Because then you could still do Airbnb. You Good. just have to put on there a minimum of 31 day 32 right. day rental right like solely target that audience yeah yeah and get someone that's here for a two-month contract for work yeah or something like that right but you'll get less less bookings right you'll have to maybe like go a month and not have a booking um but then there's all there's alternative ways you can utilize that space too right like there's no rule i can't get someone to pay me to host an event there or something like that right like i'm not I'm not renting it short term. There's not someone, you know, staying there like that. There's there's really, really um, creative ways nowadays I'm finding and I'm seeing my clients do um, to to get money out of a property, right? It's, it's yeah. really 
eye-opening, right? But I, I like that some of the, uh, the builders are now starting to see that it's a huge value add for people to have it Airbnb-able, right? Yeah. And a lot of new builds are completely Airbnb-able, but yeah, they can still change. Yeah. They still change, the condo board might change, and they might change the bylaws, but uh, but I do like that they are kind of That's why. That's why Airbnb, like if that. you yeah. can, you buy a, a detached, attached, or a townhouse. Right? Yeah, I can see that. And plus, with Airbnb, it's it's all about how many you can sleep, right? right. Like, yeah, if you want true. an apartment for Airbnb, it's like, well, really, do you? Because it's a one bed, you sleep right. someone or two people in the bedroom, yeah. and maybe one on the couch. So for the family, you buy a Murphy bed. Yeah, yeah. so for the family who's traveling, it's out. Exactly, yeah. right? Well, so yeah. the more rooms and the more you can sleep, the better. The more bedrooms, the better, you know? Like, yeah. for Airbnb purposes specifically, it's like, you almost don't care if it's in a, a bit of a shittier area, but if you show that you can sleep eight, it's gonna get booked. Yeah, that's, yeah, you know? very true. For for Calgary, um, what would you say about? Because when I think, and I'm inexperienced in Airbnbs, but uh, when I think Airbnb, I'm thinking it has to be something close to downtown. Um, it has to be you know close to mm. transit. Well, what's your opinion on that? No, it doesn't. If you're in town. Um, People will look online and they'll search their criteria max amount per month to look on the map. And Calgary, like if you're coming here, either you're going to Uber or rent a car, like don't let that um, deter you. Okay. Like mine I bought close to the airport, brand new Northwest, right? And they do really well. Yeah. Just as well as anything close to downtown, right? Yeah. Which would surprise me, right? Because you surprised, think it's not like this is not It surprised like a, me, yeah. but me, I'm just like, you know, I, I, I know I make less or I was until the last year, make less than a long-term lease. But I'm like, I will take less for that less risk. They don't have more rights than I do with right. the long-term lease, right? They're, they're not damaging my place. You know, I can't, you know, I basically it's like, I've went through a few nightmares of um, tenants. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where it's like, I can't even go in there. I got to put a notice on the door. I got to like, I'm going to come in in 24 hours. And then I think the problem with tenants as well is they have so much time to screw stuff up. Yeah. Right. Where it's like, even if you have a bad Airbnb experience, like a bunch of guys come here for like a weekend or whatever. So I'll talk about that. It's like, oh, like mess, like whatever. I'll I'll talk about that. Okay. I'll let everyone out there know how great Airbnb is. Okay. I'll tell you guys a true true story. It is. They better better pay me or something. We better get sponsored. Seriously, they better pay me some t-shirts or something. For sure. Right. So, uh, I had, I'll talk about, I had literally only three bad experiences in like all these years. So I'll talk to you about one of them. So I don't allow parties. Right. Right. Oh, you want to say on there is a stipulation. I am one of those guys, right? (laughs) They can have it, but you know, you want to put it in there, right? Because like, if they're gen, if they're like, honest, decent, not degenerates about it, I won't even know, right? Yeah. If I don't get a complaint or I don't see damage, no harm, no foul, right? Yeah. Respecting my place. Okay, maybe you had a party, but Do you because you were good. One of those sound detectors in the Airbnb? No, I didn't go to that extent. Yeah. Right? So um, what? here's what happened, right? So I went in there after they checked out and the place smelled like a brewery. There was three big garbage bags on the patio full of empty cans oh, and stuff yeah. like that. The floor was sticky. Yeah. I found like ping pong balls and solo cups. <laughs> they didn't even try to hide. Yeah. So then I, I phoned the, the guest and I started a message with the guest saying like, 
I clearly state on my uh, conditions before you um, booked that I don't allow parties. I'm like, I, I see evidence here that you had a pretty big party. And I just said that to my um, guest that had checked out. And all of a sudden, Airbnb themselves interrupted and interjected and got in there and charged them on my behalf wow. for additional cleaning fee and stuff like that. Wow. And I was like, wow, I, I didn't even like notify Airbnb or make an official complaint. I was trying to just deal directly with the person and be like, just pay me for an additional cleaning because like right. I have to pay a cleaning company now, right? Yeah. So um, that's what happened there. So Airbnb is really good like that. They, they protect you. You'll get your money quick. They have everyone's information. So they'll charge that guess right away on yeah, the account. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. the risks that people might think or have in their mind about Airbnb, it's so much less than if you were to allow someone a one year lease. Yeah. So yeah, cause you don't know what's going on behind those doors of yeah. one year lease, right? Like it's such a, it's such a pain to gain access. And they have more rights than you, have literally have more rights than you. Even then they don't have to allow you access. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. They literally have more rights than you. So that, was, that is scary. That's scary to think about. I, that's what I try to tell people that are like, oh, but Airbnb is just going to be parties. Yeah, so what? They're in and out. Yeah. True. Yeah. You know? Versus you have someone here, and if it's bad and they're not clean or this, yeah. you're going to later walk in and like all the positive cash flow you made, let's say you made 10%, which is like good, right? That's all that's gone good. if at the end, and it happened to me, if at the end I got to change the carpet. Yes. I got to yeah. repaint, yeah. right? So what was the point? Yeah. So... And so Sorry, no, I was going to say, like, with, with long-term rentals, it's like, if you need to get money from that tenant, what are you going to do? Take them to small claims court? Yeah. Sue them exactly. Them, right? You're going to spend more on processing those applications, yeah. and you're never going to see them. Yeah. yeah. You're gonna find you, know, you don't have their credit card number like Airbnb does. Yeah. yeah. Right? yeah. Like, that's very exactly. easy for them yeah. to, to It's the future. That. It's all yeah. set up through an app. Like, it, yeah. it, it, it is the future of uh, rental. Yeah. That's interesting to think about. Like, eventually, like, they're just going to, like, the... They're going to expand like their bigger, bigger picture. You know what I see? You know what I foresee? Even they'll get into somehow these long-term things and yeah. it'll still be the same model. But it'll be like, okay, you get a, you get a massive discount. Fine. You want my place for six months. You know, and they want a good review so they can continue to book places. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yep. So it's like each help each other out. Right. Especially with an app like Airbnb where it is like starting to, like it's come a really long way and it keeps getting yeah. better yeah it's like you don't want to be blacklisted from that so soon yeah. right yeah who, like you might be looking for your future long-term rental on there you never know right yeah so do you i was because i was looking at like part of my five-year plan is some sort of airbnb and somewhere i can vacation right like yeah. california dominican it's Mexico. gonna be dominican i got you <laughs> okay all right i got you covered but do you use the like you have to use those company like the airbnb like service companies who take like a small percentage who do all the cleaning and things like that. No, or, no. Airbnb no. is just Airbnb. I know, but there's, there's, nothing there's those companies that like kind of complement it nicely so, because like they track the bookings and go in yes, every booking. There, there is companies that are affiliated with Airbnb yeah. that you can choose to hire that'll do that kind of stuff. All the way to the point where there's even like AI and you can pay a small amount and they'll respond and respond for you That's on your great. behalf, right? That's it's really changing. Yeah. Like, you know, it's really changing. So you don't know what's going on. But but the really cool thing yeah, is too. Exactly. So trust me, it's like yeah. it is the future, I'm telling you. Yeah. But but the cool thing is too with those new developments as far as like the Caribbean, because I know like in many of the Cancun and Dominican as well, they have concierge service and even the front desk, they have a fee, right? But they will handle the Airbnb for you. They'll That's clean it for you. 
I, I think it's about 10, 20% of like the thing, but still you have to- So they're actually enough. incorporating that into the- Into the development. Like yeah. condos. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So and in, and in the Dominican, yeah. why I decided there, because I've been all over and seen places and markets all over, and I really saw an opportunity there because what I liked is it's like 80, 90% Canadians putting yeah. their money there. Yeah, yeah, And uh, okay. And everything's Airbnb. Everything there. Every single item there is Airbnb. Even at all the resorts and all that kind of stuff. So they cater to it. Exactly. They yeah. have to. And everything's set up there where, you know, it's, it, it's a, it's, if you're a citizen there, it is a little bit of like a impoverished country in that aspect. So you can find really good rates for a cleaner to be there for you and do that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's a message, it's a WhatsApp, it's yeah. here's the checkout, here's that. It's yeah. really set up really nice, like uh, off, hands off. That's very cool. Tell everyone about the taxes in the Dominican once you, for, for a Canadian. So for Canadians, the tax breaks they've given for 15 years, they won't take any income, any tax on your rental revenue really? for 15 years. Wow. And there's no transfer tax for Canadians, which is if an American wanted to buy there, they're going to transfer tax them. Right. 1% of the purchase price, things like that. So they've set it up almost as if they're like, we don't even, we only want Canadians. Yeah. So that's what I see and what I've seen. They like us. Yeah. Who doesn't like us? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true. Right? Yeah. yeah. You go traveling. I, like, I remember Jim, American? No. I remember yeah, Jim, yeah. Jim Carrey was on like Jay Leno and he was just like, when he first was getting famous, you know, famous Canadian oh, yeah. like actor, right? So they're like, so why, why are Canadians all so nice? And he's like, well, it's easy for us to be nice. We have free healthcare. It's like, it's easy for us to be nice. It's like you guys, you know, you break your arm and you got to sell your car or take a second mortgage on your house. That's like, true. You know? <laughs> That's true. Like every, you know, so many people in the States are one hospital visit away from being dead broke and homeless. Yeah. Yeah. I broke my arm last year and it was like hospital for like a combined, I think like four or five days. By the time I like went in for it and then had to like wait a couple days for surgery and all this type of stuff and then recover from surgery. Yeah. That would have been like thousands and thousands of dollars if I was. Yeah. I'm going to be honest, man, your arm breaking story is slightly traumatizing. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about that, please. <laughs> I broke my arm, arm wrestling at Jeez. a very popular venue here in Calgary. Like, can you share the venue or you don't want to share Yeah, it? I'll share it. It was Cold Garden. I love cold cards. So do I. Inglewood? So yeah, so I was with my girlfriend and I was meeting her. I think I was, so her best friend and her boyfriend, I think we were hanging out with them for like the second time. And we were sitting at Cold Garden outdoor, like at the picnic table. Yeah. And uh, Lexi and her friend, they were like, oh, like we should arm wrestle. And they were on the same side of the table. So it was like, like this, right? Yeah. And then um, I, so I said to uh, her boyfriend, I was like, well, like get the video camera out because like this is how people break their arms because you see on like you see those videos all the time where like yeah. the, the power wins. of the tongue yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the person wins and it goes off the table yeah. and they yeah. break the arm right and he kind of laughed whatever and then we're, and then he's like you want to arm wrestle <laughs> and I was like yeah for sure so he goes to the opposite side of the table or he was on the opposite side of the table and then we were arm wrestling and we were just like stuck in the middle and then it just broke like my my humerus it was a spiral fracture my humerus. We're stuck in the middle there for like 30 seconds, whatever. And just like the loudest, like pop crack, whatever I've ever heard come from my body. And it was weird because like my bicep was still facing in front of me because like that's where it was. So it was a weird feeling because then it just wasn't like I was looking and it just wasn't there. And my arm was just laying on the table. 
And I thought my elbow dislocated because I didn't feel anything at all. Like I heard the pop, but it yeah. did not hurt. Yeah. And so register we're... yet. Yeah. So the adrenaline. So I was like, okay. I was. So I told him I was. It's like he hopped up. He's like, oh my god. Like what was that? He lost word? his mind because he because yeah. he felt it. He all told me later. Yeah. He's like, I felt that like in my ass. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And it was just like, like it was a really funny experience at the time because. I told him, I was like, hey, maybe like, I was like, just like casually, nobody really heard it or saw it. So I was just like sitting there, like with my arm dangling. I was like, casually go around and ask if there's any nurses or doctors here. Maybe somebody can just like pop this thing back into place. And so like my girlfriend walks around and just asks people, like, are you a doctor? Are you a doctor? Are you a doctor? <laughs> to, like hundreds of people at Gold Gardens. Nobody was. She comes back, she's like, yeah, no, nobody is. So they call an ambulance and then like after we realized that that wasn't going to show up for a while. They had to like screw her all the way back to East Village because that's where my car was. They got my car, came all the way back, picked me up, drove me all the way to the hospital. About halfway to the hospital is when the pain, like when the shock wore off. When the yeah. adrenaline the wore off. Like in. Yeah. And with the spiral fracture, it's like your bone like cracks vertically. Oh. Like it, it snaps vertically and like it twists basically, yeah, yeah. right? And so, I mean, the hospital, like it, it's a long story, the hospital and everything, but like there was times where like the, the bone, I could like feel it like jamming because like I was literally holding, like there's only have one bone here. So when yeah. it breaks, you're like holding, like it's just the dead weight of the yeah. arm. And so, yeah, like I, I would, it would start to bind up. Like I could feel the bones like not lining up and that was the worst pain I've ever been in. Like I almost passed out a whole bunch of times and I'd have to just basically like, like wiggle my bicep, like my arms try to like try to get to slip back into place just so that I could like then hold it normally again because it would bind up and spasm and stuff and it was brutal. Yeah, that's so, like I've arm wrestled since you told me that. Oh yeah, don't so, arm wrestle. Yeah, we were it. talking about this story so, because sure, you had wrestle? all this experience and um, yeah. in the hospital. I know. Yeah, what was the bill? Alberta Healthcare zero, probably. zero. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. like I didn't even take the ambulance ride, which would have been a bill, but I didn't even end up doing that. You know what's funny about the ambulance ride? It's like. Luckily, I've never been on one, but like my friends that have been on a few times, it's just like they always force you to take this like stuffed animal. Like, okay, sure. And then they put it on the bill for like a hundred dollars, a little moose. Thank you. Little scam. Yeah. <laughs> little stuffed animal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and ambulance was like $400 yeah. in Alberta. Yeah. I mean, it's like you hear in the, the like U.S. hospitals when someone has a baby, it's like the skin, the skin cost for you to hold your baby. There's a charge to that. Seriously? Yeah. yeah it's that's fucking horse shit, man. It is. It's a scam. <laughs> Doesn't make any yeah. sense. Yeah. So yeah, that's my arm breaking story. Anyway, I have two that's big, crazy. I have two big plates in there now, like sixteen, nice. sixteen. Now you're gonna kick some I ass in arm yeah, I have the a, plates in there. Yeah, I have literally a foot long scar on my arm. Crazy. Wow. Like it's like a like probably like an eight or nine inch scar from like almost my, almost my shoulder over. Everybody says that tattoo over it with like. The side of a mountain and yeah. scale yeah. it. It should be two people arm wrestling. That should be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what it should you know be. the stupidest question I got asked like a thousand times when I was in the hospital. The first like nurse came up, whatever, and she's like, "You broke your arm arm wrestling?" And I was like, "Yeah." And she's like, "Well, did you win?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> I broke my arm." I was like, "That's a dumb question." Like she's probably gonna like lose sleep over that because she'll be like, "Why did I ask that?" But then like every doctor, nurse, everybody who thinks they're like making a joke about it, would be like, win? "Well, did you win?" And I'm like. No. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, I didn't. How do you win with like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. That's awesome. Only bone I've ever broken. You have uh, you have any questions for us about uh, the YYC real estate show or anything, anything you want to ask us about it? I don't know, man. How's it going? Great. It's going great. Good. You know, yeah. Having a lot of fun. It's once a week. It's it's a way to keep uh, ourselves and the 
audience out there engaged in what's actually happening on a week-to-week basis in the real estate market here. Yeah. So as things change, you know, we'll be like every week giving those updates. And uh, so it's cool for us to stay yeah. engaged. Like we're engaged every day. It's cool to be able to um, kind of let everyone else know what's going on. And then I really, really enjoy having guests on, learning about the guests. Yeah, we've absolutely. Had, we've had all different walks of life, you know. That's really cool. We hear like personal trainers, artists, CFL players, other businessmen, financial advisors, other real estate agents like yourself. Yeah. So, you know, and I, um, yeah. I'm just excited for whoever else will come on. Anyone YYC out there, we'd love to support you. You know, if you'd like to come on, we'd love to have them on. That was awesome. Yeah, no, it's been great. It's been great. I mean, I mean, we've been doing this is episode twenty four now, right? Cool. Once a week, so we. Well, they don't. We don't count the Dominican ones. We don't count the Dominican. Those are special episodes. Right. Yeah. Gotta count them, right? <laughs> Behind the paywall. Behind the paywall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's premium content, yeah, yeah, right? That's there. a subscription. Um, but yeah, man, how can people reach you? What are your handles? Um, yeah, you can reach me on my social media, which is Evan Wells Realtor on. Facebook and Instagram. I'm not very good at social media, so that's it's a, all good. A Evan Wells name. Realtor. Evan cool. Wells Realtor. Yep. Um, yeah, that's about that's it. Awesome. I want to start doing more YouTube videos and things like that, nice. but I, I always say those things and then I. You should. <laughs> yeah. Don't be shy, man. Just do it. I know. You if, know you want, you can, if you want, I was in. Yeah, put this on your podcast. Yeah, I on was your, in, on your channel. Yeah, yeah. I was in uh, High River before I came here for a showing and. We were talking about like parents and dads and stuff like and sure enough it's like i met this client and i showed for the first time yesterday and he brought his mom for those showing and then today i showed him in higher and brought his dad his dad right? oh yeah and of course the dad's like yeah this is great but he's like, i still can't get over it i can't get over oh, these prices classic yeah. he's like i remember <laughs> i bought my house for forty thousand dollars like, well that's not how much that was cost. 1981 <laughs> sir it's a little different yeah. now i know exactly um, I will say though, I have uh, working with this one builder right now, um, who has an incredible build up in like Morgan's Landing, like Morgan's Rise. Yeah, yeah Morgan's so, Landing. Yeah. Yeah. So they, it's a, it's listed. Listed, I think, at four point nine million, um, and I'm not going to be listing that property yet, but yet? I, I, but I am going to be working with the builder on doing some open houses and things like that. That's so awesome. if you do hop on my social media, you'll see when. Do you know the address? Um, when and where okay. those will be. Um, it's uh, Morgan's View. I don't know. It's a long, it's a rural address. Rural address. So it's like it's one, one, two, four, three, three, yeah, Morgan's Yeah, exactly. View. But if you go on my social media, it'll be there. The project, I was at it months ago, like, and it was... I yeah, left, I remember like, you posted I left covered me. in dust because I remember it was like, the drywall. Yeah, I remember that video. And he invited me back yesterday for, uh, for a showing of it, like for a tour mm-hmm. of it. And awesome. it's like... I've never seen anything like it before. I don't think there's anything like it in Calgary. Like it has a full, like cinema. You walk into the basement wow. and it says across the top cinema, and there's movie posters on the other side, and Legit. it's like a full. I think he said nine point one surround sound system. And what does that, like that mean? It's all the well, speakers. Five point one's like Dolby. This yeah, exactly. Nine point one. It might have been seven. I don't remember, but anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, it has like two different sports bars and the whole thing. It's open from the basement to the top floor. Like there's, they have wow. an indoor courtyard. Yeah, and it's the most incredible thing you've ever seen. What, 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 what are we like in the center of the home? Like four four thousand square feet. I think. Yeah, like from this like center from of the, the staircase. Center, yeah, so like you're in the, the kitchen. Yeah. If you're in the kitchen. You have a sports bar below you and one above you. And yeah. if you're on that top floor, there's floor there's ceiling to floor windows 
from the top floor down to the very to the basement, and you can like look down, and it's like a forty foot drop. It's like kind of scary to look. But yeah, so all my social media will be posting when those open houses will be because I think it'll be really just kind of cool to to get myself involved with that market. Yeah. Um, and then also meet the people who are going to be coming into that kind of open house. So um, you guys should ask the builder by. if uh, the three of us and the builder want to do a 20, 30 minute episode there. Yeah, absolutely. That's I think that he would. He's, he's a very, very busy talk guy. Talk about his, his company and that yeah, project. Absolutely. Just reach out. We'd, I'd love, we'd love to do it. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. That would be good. He's an interesting guy to talk to for sure. Let's do it. Let's do it. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, to the thanks podcast. again. Yeah, thanks, you guys. Yeah, I'm yeah. happy to be here. Thanks so much. Of course, we really, really appreciate it. Some good conversations, and uh, we'll see everybody next week. Um, again, you know, we're under 700 sales, still a seller's market, uh, 2,500 and change active listings. So let's see what happens in the next seven days. But well, we'll see everyone next week. All right.